This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Well, hey, how you doing? This is Pastor Ken at Encounter Community Church, and welcome back to our podcast. We hope that you're doing well. Uh, we know that, again, right now we find ourselves in unprecedented time, don't we? How do we, again, navigate this, this road that we find ourselves on? How are you doing right now? How are you doing? How are you processing what's going on in the world around you? How are you navigating this journey Again, as I said before, we're, we're at a place that's unprecedented. One, one of the things that I saw that I thought was really interesting was an encouragement, was to get a journal for your kids and to actually have them journal like each day. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? Because, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, this will be a moment that is in history books. This will be a moment where a story will be told about how the world navigated COVID-19 and how we were able to be able to, to, to work it through this, to, to survive through this. I mean, there is going to be a story that will be told and, and how neat it will be for your kids to be able to say, this is what we did as a family. This is how we persevered. This is how we overcame. This is how we dealt with the things that were going on. And, and who knows how that story may resonate with others who may hear their experience and, and what they went through as your kids tell what happened in their lives. So just something to consider, something possibly to do. But, but again, maybe that's something we should all maybe consider doing. Maybe we should all journal. You know, because one of the things that can happen with something like this is that feelings can get bottled up, emotions can get bottled up. I know that sometimes what we feel like we have to do is we have to begin to mask what it is that we're going through. Because, for example, if you're freaking out, you don't want your kids to see you freaking out. So what you do is you, you hold it in, right? You bottle it in. You, you stomach it. And, and then what happens is all of that feeling of being overwhelmed and all the doubts and all the worries can begin to eat you from the inside, and so maybe it might be a good idea for us all to journal, to, 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 journal, to begin to just write down how we're we processing what we're going through so that in those moments when we do find ourselves by ourselves, the kids have gone to bed, and now we're trying to work through what we're feeling on the inside, maybe journaling can be a good place for us. And, and who knows, maybe that might be a part of the future story too, where people could say like, wow, here's what my parents did and going through this, this is how they felt, this is how they navigated it as well. And, and even if you don't have kids, maybe later someone will see your story and it could be a statement of encouragement you know, for them as you figure out how to process this. How, how, how are you doing with your fears? Are, are you being honest with your fears to yourself? Specifically, are you being honest about your fears with someone else as, as you're going through this? I think that I'm managing it well. I, I feel like I'm, I'm managing it okay when it comes to my fears. There's only been a couple of moments where I felt like my fears have, have, have gripped me and, and grabbed a hold of me. Uh, one was I was watching social media, of course, scrolling through Facebook, 
and someone posts a video of people looting and saying this, and it was a Facebook Live, so it was happening right then and there. Didn't say where they were, where, where they where they were. It, it didn't give us any insight in that way. But but when I saw that again, my initial response was to freak out. Like I begin to think, like, is this something? Are we going to have a breakdown in our society? Are we going to have a breakdown in, in in morals and rules and and governance? And in such a way that people will begin to just loot and grab, and then will my family be taken care of? Like all of those fears began to kick in as I was watching that video. And then I think another moment where I allowed fear to grip me is on our smart TV, we have the ABC News app. So you can go through and you can pick the stories that you watch. And so I clicked on things about the coronavirus and not knowing, not, not realizing it. You know how you watch one story and then automatically kicks into the next story and then automatically kicks into the next story. So I did that. The next thing I knew without realizing it, I had watched 45 minutes worth of news on the COVID-19 virus alone, alone. And so the result of that is by the end of it, I've, I, I, I freaked out. <laughs> I, I really did. And so I kind of had to pull it all back together again. And, and I guess the question that helped me pull it back together was one simple question. And that question is this, Ken, do you really trust that God's going to take care of you? Do, do you really trust that God is in control? Like, do, do you really trust that everything that is happening right now is no surprise to him? And I, I, I've been looking at, I, I guess, the mindset that we all had coming into 2020, right? We saw that 2020 was going to be the year, like this was our year. This was our year of breakthrough. This was our year to be able to overcome setbacks because again, 2020 is perfect vision. We had no idea that our perfect vision would be marred, that we would get a black eye, I guess, when it comes to 2020 and the challenges that we have right now. But then I, I begin to wonder, well, you know, many times the way that we become a better us is that we do go through challenges, right? That's how we are formed. That's how we get our strength is we face challenges and we overcome them. So maybe 2020 still can be your year. Maybe 2020 can still be the year that you grow, that you develop. And just because we are facing this challenge right now, maybe this is a process through which we can analyze ourselves, analyze our weaknesses, analyze you know, our dependencies, analyze the things that we turn to for comfort and for, for satisfaction, analyze the routine of our lives. And maybe this is an opportunity for us to be able to grow, for us to begin to look at what are some things in my life now, because my life has been interrupted. Now that I can have this chance to be able to sit down and and, and really look at my life. What are some of the things that I've really leaned on for my reliance? And maybe there needs to be a change in my life. Maybe there needs to be a redirection in my life. And who knows, maybe 2020 still can be our year. It can be. As we overcome this and we come out on the other side. And, and 
Everyone, let's, let's, let's make that commitment. Let's make a commitment that when COVID-19 is done, that we come out on the other side of it better people. That we come out on the other side of it more loving, more forgiving, more patient, more encouraging, more uplifting, maybe more disciplined. But, but we come out on the other side of it having this time to grow and, and to become better aspects of ourselves. How about, let's just make a commitment to do that. So these are the kind of thoughts that are going through my head right now as I'm looking at COVID-19 and the challenges that we're facing. And, and so again, it's my prayer for you that during this time that, that, that God is in you and that he's given you peace and comfort and that we will again get to a point where we're able to overcome this that we will survive this that the story of God's perseverance and of God's presence and of God's love will be told well at encounter last Sunday we began a brand new series it's, it's interesting how life happens I remember a few months ago when I was work, walking through and I was planning out, hey, this is going to be our sermon series that we're going to do during the month uh, or, or during the year. So I kind of planned out all of our sermon series for the year. And I was really excited because I came across this idea of doing the sermon series called The Four. And what The Four was going to be about was, you know, the life of Jesus is really told in the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels. And the interesting thing is because they were writing for different audiences, there are different things that they emphasized in telling the story of Jesus. But the fun thing about it is in every single one of them, there are certain stories that actually do hit all four Gospels. And each of those stories gives us insight into who Jesus is. So that was going to be this series that I was going to do. But then COVID-19 came along. And then I started looking at all the fears that people are wrestling with and going through. And I started to think, well, you know what, God, is there something else that people need to hear right now? And that's where a sign really stood out to me. And if you're, if you're looking on social media, if you looked on social media, You've seen the sign that's in front of me right now, and it's called Hope Anchors the Soul. That's, that's the sign that motivated me to do a series called The Power of Hope. And on that sign, it gives us Hebrews chapter 6, verse, nine, verse 19, and it says this, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. And we talked about that on Sunday. And we talked about what that curtain means. And, and if you weren't able to watch our live stream on Sunday, I'll, I'll just give you a quick breakdown of it, a quick explanation of it. But basically what happened is back in biblical times, people would go to the temple. And in the temple, they had a courtyard. And as you would go further into the, into the temple, there would be a place eventually that was called the Holy of Holies. And in the place, in the Holy of Holies, that was the only, that was the only place that a priest was allowed to enter. And that priest was your representative before God. And so what that priest would do is he would go into the Holy of Holies. 
and he would offer, he, he would do offerings on our behalf, offerings of forgiveness, of renewal. Uh, he, he would do that for us on our behalf. And in front of the Holy of Holies was this huge curtain. The curtain was the dividing line. And when I talk about curtain, I'm not talking about like a curtain that you would see in your house. No, we are talking about like, you know how take theater curtains, you know how thick theater curtains are? Now imagine like maybe 10 theater curtains back to back, knit tight. That is one fabric. It's sold to be one fabric. Just imagine how heavy that would be. But with this, there would be no split down the middle. And so what the priest would do is he would walk in behind that curtain and then he would do his thing and then he would walk. He, once he was done, he would, he would come out. And this place was considered so sacred that what they would do is they would tie a rope around the priest so that if the priest died, no one would enter the Holy of Holies. They would just pull the rope out for, and, and pull the body of the priest out of the Holy of Holies. That's how sacred this place was. But then... What's really beautiful is on the day that Jesus Christ is crucified, the moment that he breathes his last breath, he utters these words. He utters these words. He says, it is finished. It's done. It's paid in full. I have paid the price for everyone. My, my sacrifice, I have taken the sins of the world upon myself. He was saying, I've taken your sins upon myself. I've, I've taken it all. And, and now, in that moment, when he breathed his last, scriptures say that there was this huge earthquake. And during that earthquake, it says that the curtain that separated the holy holies, that that curtain tore in two. And, and it was symbolic of this. It was now saying because this was, it was God saying that because of the sacrifice of my son, you no longer need a representative come, to come to me. He's saying, I have opened the door for intimacy between myself and you, between you and myself. I have opened the door. I have invited you in. And now in opening this door and providing this crack for us, now we ourselves can go before God and so literally, this hope, this hope that anchors our soul is rooted in the fact that God is strong, that God is trustworthy, and my hope is in him. And if God has opened this door for us, that means I have been forgiven. Because the whole goal of the curtain was to separate the broken from the pure. It was to separate those who are sinful to, from that who is sinless. And now because of what Jesus Christ has done, we have been declared sinless because of his sacrifice. So if we believe in Jesus Christ and who he is, we now have the privilege, the privilege of being able to enter into the Holy of Holies, knowing that we are forgiven, knowing that we are renewed. So that's the power of hope. And so literally what we talked about this Sunday is how with hope, what hope does for us is hope allows us to be able to see beyond our present circumstances. Again, what we said about the book of Hebrews, uh, where this passage was taken out of, is it was a letter that was written in, in mid-60 AD. 
during mid 60 AD, the time of persecutions of, of Christian, the time of persecution of Christians was, was off the charts. It was, it was, if you believed in Jesus, it was, it's very possible that you could die and die brutally. And, and so for believers at that time, one of the things that they really needed was hope. Like, like why am I, why am I holding on to this? Why not? And all they had to do is recant. If you recant what it is that you say that you believe, then you live. So all you have to do is recant. Why should I not recant? Why should I hold on to what it is that I believe? And what empowered them to, to move to that moment of, of brutality? What empowered them to move through that moment of separation, to move through that moment of darkness, to move through that moment of suffering was the hope of simply this. I know who Jesus is. I know the sacrifice he's made for me. I know that he has forgiven me. I know that I will be with him. And no matter how dark the darkness is right now, I know that even if I die in this darkness, I will wake up in the presence of the Almighty. I will wake up in the presence of Jesus. And so that was the root of their hope. It wasn't even in my circumstances changing right now. It wasn't even in God do a miracle right now to rescue me. That even was, that wasn't even their hope. Their hope was God, even if this leads to my ultimate demise, that God, my hope is I'm going to, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And so this is why it was so important for us to talk about this hope last Sunday. Because I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know where the COVID-19 is going to go. I don't know if it's going to end when they say it's going to end. I'm hoping it does. Because honestly, I'm hoping football season happens. And this is shallow, but I'll be honest. I'm hoping football season happens. My Tampa Bay Bucks, Buccaneers got Tom freaking Brady. <laughs> we might have a chance to have a winning season. I want the season to end. I mean, I want this, the thing to end so we can have football season. I, I know that's shallow. I, I know that's shallow. But, I mean, there are other reasons why I want this thing to end as well, right? I, I do want it to end for us to get back to life and the norm of life. I also want it to end because that means those who are putting themselves at risk are, are people that are on the front lines right now, the doctors, the nurses, those whose jobs are considered, considered essential, who are interacting with those who are sick, people, you know, the grocery workers. You know, we're, we're looking at those. And, 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 and yes, I, I want this thing to end so that they can now be in this place of safety. I mean, there are some other reasons I want it to end. I, I don't want it to just be the shallow thing of the Buccaneers having a winning season. But I think it's good for us to be able to kind of go back and start to look at life and what life is all about. And ultimately to be able to see the hope of life. And the hope of life is simply this, is that one day I can be with my Savior. So no matter how dark the darkness is, I can still rise to be with my Savior. And he promises me that. Again, one of the things that I said last Sunday is that God never promises that everything's going to work out our way. He never promises that everything will, will fall into place. Now, can God do that? Yes. Can God make miracle happen, miracles happen? Absolutely. 
Can God deliver people? Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw a story the other day of a guy who had survived, you know, the swine flu, who had survived, a hundred year old man who had survived like flu after flu after flu, like major pandemics. And now here he is, he's overcome the coronavirus and he's over a hundred years old. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I do believe God is a God of miracles. I do believe that that can happen. But even if it does not, the root of our belief is simply this, is God, again, no matter what happens in my life, ultimately my, my desire is to be with you and know that I will be with you and know that I will be with you. So this is the kind of hope that we need to be able to overcome the coronavirus. It's the hope, the hope of the life to come. And if God does a miracle, praise him. I've already started thinking about like, and I've already talked, we talked, I talked to our worship leader about, I talked to Ariel, and I talked to her about when COVID-19 ends and we have our very first Sunday morning service, we've already planned out how we desire for that service to be, that it is going to be one that is off the chain in celebration, because we will have a reason to celebrate that, you know, if we are all still here, let's celebrate that. If, if the church is still standing, let's celebrate that. Because again, it's another way that God has shown that he is still God. But let me tell you this, that even if that doesn't work out, that doesn't mean that God has stopped being God. God is still God. God is still God. And we, there will still be a reason to praise him. There will still be a reason to adore him. But you know what I realized with COVID-19, what it is doing for us? COVID-19 is really challenging us to ask this question. Do I believe what I say I believe? Let me say it again. Do I believe what I say I believe? So I, I want to encourage you to, to, to dig into that. I want to encourage you to take a moment to, to wrestle with that to wrestle with this moment, to wrestle with this presence, to wrestle with this idea, to wrestle with this concept. Do I believe what I say I believe? Because if we do, if we do, then this can be an opportunity for those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus. This could be an opportunity for us to be an example of Jesus to this world, an example of faith, an example of hope, an example of compassion and mercy and forgiveness, an example of someone who's willing to look beyond themselves and beyond their present circumstances to see the hurt, the suffering, and the challenges of others, to say, you know what, I'm still going to step out. I'm still going to invest. And yes, I will take safety precautions. I will practice social distancing. I will do those things in a way where I am putting myself in a place of wisdom, right? We still want to do that. However, that we are extending ourselves in such a way that, again, when someone goes back and they look at COVID-19 and they say, well, when did you decide to become a Christian that they might say, you know, during the time of COVID-19, you know, I had this neighbor. I had this neighbor. And let me tell you what this neighbor did for me. I had this friend, and let me tell you what my friend did for me. I, I had this person who I didn't even know who they were, but you know what? 
They were so comforting to me. They were so encouraging to me. They actually went to the store to pick up my medication for me and just left me a note to say, hey, I'm praying for you, and I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. But, but that was the moment. That was the moment where the, the, the tide of my life was changed because of this opportunity or this connection that I had, that I made with this person in this moment. This could be what hope produces. And I think that that's what God is challenging us as believers to do, is to be the kind of people where it produces this hope in our lives. So on Sunday, I I talked about a song that inspired me. And so for the rest of this podcast, here's what I want to do, is I I just want to walk through that song and just see how this song encourages with faith. It's a song called Your Promises. It's by a band called Elevation Worship. And here's what you could do is is I will actually put this song on the link uh, in our podcast. So if it doesn't appear wherever you download this podcast, then just head over to our website, encountercommunity.church, look at our podcast page, click that, then click this podcast. It's going to be called The Power of Hope. Click that, and then this song will be there, and you can click it, and you can be able to listen to it on Spotify. But again, it's called Your Promises by Elevation Worship. And, And I just kind of wanted to walk through it for a moment and then just pull some insights from that And then hopefully what this could do is just, I just want you to walk away encouraged in your faith and in your walk. And for those of you who have no faith, if you're listening to this, like, and what I mean by have no faith is you have, you don't have a connection with Jesus Christ, but you're just listening to it because your friend said, hey, listen to this, because I know that you're afraid. I know that you're wrestling with that. So listen to this. And if that's the case for you, thank you for taking a moment to do that. Thank you for taking a moment to listen with me. But I do hope that this will help you to be able to understand what hope really is and persevere through it. So let's go ahead and let's dig in. The words are, when the weight of the world begins to fall. I I just want to stop there. When the weight of the world begins to fall, is that what you're feeling right now? Think about what it is that you're wrestling with and what it is that you're going through. When the weight of the world, some of us are feeling that weight right now, aren't we? We're feeling that weight financially. We're feeling that weight physically. We're feeling that way. Anytime, you know, I cough, like <laughs> anytime I cough, I always like, ding. I always worry like, is it, is that, is that it? Is this the one? Is it the beginning? You know, because they say that the, the virus, once it manifests itself, it comes on you so quickly. So anytime I cough or I get the sniffles or, you know, I fill my head to see if I have a fever. When the weight of the world begins to fall, what is the weight that you're carrying right now? But I love that. When the weight of the world begins to fall, on the name of Jesus, I will call. Why will I turn to Jesus? Because of this this next line. For I know my God is in control and his purpose is unshakable. Simply put, I really want you to understand this, that, that God really does have a purpose for your life. That there's a reason why you are here. There's a reason why you're walking through this earth. And let me make this really clear. COVID-19 cannot shake that purpose. COVID-19 cannot rob you of what it is that God has designed you for. Here's the truth. The only thing that can rob us of what God has designed us for is ourselves. 
Our circumstances cannot rob us. People cannot rob us. But we can rob ourselves. By how? But by choosing not to believe what it is that Jesus calls us to believe, by choosing not to act on what it is that we say that we believe, by, by choosing to succumb to our fears and allowing that to cause us to make moral, questionable choices. But, but I, I do want to say this, though, that if that is you, let me say this, is that you, that purpose can still be restored. That purpose can still be renewed. That purpose... Because again, God is still God. And, and so in that moment, if you've made mistakes, if you, if you go back, if you look at yourself, because I, I say there's one thing that can derail us, and that's ourselves, but the truth is, you know, because of what Jesus Christ has done and the fact that God will never give up on you, he still puts himself out there for us to come to believe in him. And if we choose to say, you know what, God, I'm going to give my life back to you, then boom, we are back on path for our purpose once again. And, and let me tell you, his purpose being unshakable, God will never give up on you. Even if you walk away from him, he would never give up on you. He would continue to reach out. He would continue to show his love. He would continue to show his mercy. He would continue to show his forgiveness. He would continue to draw and draw and draw and draw and draw you. Because that's how much he loves you. And, and then it gets into the course. And I love the course. The course says, doesn't matter what I feel. Doesn't matter what I see. Those are the two things that can also cause us to derail ourselves. If you want to undermine your hope, then allow what you feel to begin to dictate your life. If you want to undermine your hope, allow what you see to begin to dictate your thoughts and your emotions. That's why I had to turn off the ABC News app <laughs> because I could feel the fear kicking in and I could feel it distracting me from God, putting my trust and my reliance on you. Does it matter what I feel? Does it matter what I see? My hope will always be. So I'm allowing my hope to supersede the circumstances around me. I am allowing the, my hope to supersede my vision. My hope will always be in your promises to me. What are his promises? His promises, again, is this, is no matter what it is that you go through, I will be with you. No matter how dark, no matter how hopeless, no matter how strong the trial may be, I will be with you and I will walk through it with you. And his promises is this, is, is, if you allow me to be with you, you choose to believe in me and walk through life with me, then even if it meets, if it leads to the demise of your life, also know that my promise is that you will be with me. You will be with me. So with that in mind, he goes on to say, now I'm casting out all fear. I'm, I'm, you know, the fear and hope you know what they have in common? They're both choices. You could choose to be afraid or you could choose to look beyond your circumstances to have hope. They are both choices. So now I'm casting out all fear for your love has set me free. So my hope will always be in your promises to me. And the one thing that drives the promises of God is simply this. Again, John 3.16, very famous passage. It, it just says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Again, it's God offering himself to us, and it is driven. His promises and everything about him is driven by his love 
for us. And then the next verse says, As I walk into the days to come, I will not forget what you have done. So, you know, one of the things that helps us to be able to hold on to our hope, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more on Sunday. My message this Sunday will be how to hold on to your hope. But this is one of the things I'm going to talk about is just remember, go back, make a list, make a list of all the things that God has done, the the list of, of where God has worked in your life. Make a list of those moments that worked out for you that you thought were impossible, that you knew that the only reason why it worked out is because God stepped in. Make a list. And as you begin to find yourself facing situations that are impossible, you go back, you look at that list, and you are just reminded that, God, you have been there before, you will be there now. And again, even if it means that my being there means that one day I will be in your presence, and maybe that day is sooner than I thought, but God, you've been there, you've been there, and I will trust that. For you have supplied my every need, and your presence is enough for me. Here's the thing. I know that as Christians, that's one of the things that we love to say. I could lose everything. And why am I saying it Southern? (laughs) I can lose everything. I can lose it all. But I still believe in Jesus. Do you? What if you do? What if you lost it all? Would it be enough for you? I mean, I know that we proclaim that. I've said that in my own life. I'll be honest. I still wrestle with that question. I'm going to be honest with you. I I would hope that he is. But let me tell you this. I'm hoping I don't have to find out. (laughs) Being real. I'm being real with you. I'm being real with you. But it is a great question for us to ask. Is he enough? Is he truly enough for us? And then in the tag, it says, you will always be more than enough for me. It says again, you will always be more than enough for me. Nothing's going to stop the plans you've made. Nothing's going to take your love away. You will always be more than enough for me. Nothing. In Romans chapter 8, it talks about that. It says nothing, neither height, nor depth, nor angels, nor demons. It gives us this list. And it says, I have made this this declaration that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And you know what nothing means? Nothing means nothing. And that nothing includes me. Although I walk away from him, although I struggle, although I compromise my moral fabric, nothing can stop me, pull, nothing can pull his love away from me. So you know what's going to happen is he's going to continue to reach out. He's going to continue to draw. He's going to continue to come, come before me. He's going to continue to make his presence known. Again, nothing can separate me from the love of God. And that includes me. Now, I did mention that we can separate ourselves from his purpose, yes, but not from his love. And the whole goal of his love is to pull us back in so that we can reconnect with him and begin to live out our purpose. But the truth is, and we have to ask ourselves that question, is now now that you are in a situation where you are looking at financial troubles, is he more than enough for you? Now that you're in a situation where Your health may be a challenge. Is he more than enough for you? 
Those things will reveal whether I look at this world to meet my needs or whether I look at him to meet my needs. It will reveal that. And my hope is that we will be able to say, it is him that I have chosen. That God, I have surrendered ultimately to you. I remember back in 1996, I had to go to the hospital to have an emergency appendectomy. And uh, it was one of those things where I went through the process and now I'm in the emergency room and they're taking me up to the surgical center. So now I'm laying in the surgical center and they bring me this form to sign. And on the form that, I, that they bring me to sign, it, I, I see the word. Like everything else was like blah, 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 death. <laughs> and when I saw death, like it freaked me out in that moment. Like what? From an appendectomy, I could, I could die. I could die from an appendectomy. And it just, the whole thing just began to freak out. And all of a sudden, like the hospital started to close in. Bees of sweat started to drip off. And I thought, oh my gosh, God, I didn't even think about the fact that I could die from an appendectomy, you know, and the whole thing is going. I thought this was just a routine surgery. It's all going through my mind. And then all of a sudden, a peace came over me. And it was God saying, Ken, do you really trust me? Do you really trust me? Because your surgery has two outcomes. One outcome is you go, you go through the surgery and you're perfectly okay. The other outcome is you don't get through the surgery, but you come to be with me. So I looked at that form and I signed my name. And in that moment, I was at peace. Because God in that moment restored my hope in him. So let's have that same hope. That all those things may not work out. And, and if they don't work out, God, I'll be with you. And if they do work out, I have a story to tell of an appendectomy, <laughs> but I have a story to tell of God's work in my life. So let's make a commitment. Let's be people who will hold on to our hope. So, so what's the nuggets that I really want you to walk away with? And the first nugget is this, is that hope is a choice. It's a choice. I could choose hope or I could choose fear. It, it is a choice. And the second nugget is this. I am choosing to look beyond my circumstances, to look to God and who he is, trusting the fact that if I choose to believe in him, if things work out, he gets the honor, he gets the glory. And if things don't work out, I get to go and be with him. And he still gets the honor and he still gets the glory. Well, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you as you look at this battle that we see facing ourselves right now. And again, if you are available on Sunday at 10.30 a.m., please tune into our live stream. This Sunday, I'm going to talk about how to hold on to your hope 
And then the following Sunday after that is Easter Sunday. And I'm going to talk about how to have your hope restored when it is wrecked. How to have your hope restored when it is wrecked. So come be with us for the next two weeks. And if you can't, then of course we're going to have this podcast here to encourage you, to support you, and uplift you. Remember, Encounter is about three things. Love up. Let's be people who are madly and passionately in love with God. Love out. Let's look for ways, in spite of what we're facing with this coronavirus, let's look for ways to be loving. Let's look for ways to uplift our fellow man. Let's look, look for ways to be encouraging. Look for ways to be a better, better neighbor. And, of course, love in. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Make sure that you're getting rest. Pound the vitamin C. You know, do the things that you need to do. Practice social distancing. Do the things that you need to do. And if you are sick, do what you need to do to get well. But stay inside and be able to, again, show love to your fellow man by protecting others so that they don't get this disease as well. And hopefully you're sick because you don't have the disease. You just have the flu. <laughs> you just have a cold. But no matter what, stay inside and take care of yourself. Well, God bless you. Thank you for taking this moment to spend this time with me. And hopefully we'll see you at our live stream on Sunday. But take care. God bless you. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.